I met B.B. McQueen when the only moniker she had was PRB, short for Punk Rock Beth. To describe what kind of person Beth is, I'll give you my first memory of her, before we even really knew each other. We were both teenagers in co-mingling social circles in Nashville. One day, I was waiting for a friend who went to high school with Beth, which was this really well-respected magnet school known for its colorful and artsy student body. She was hanging with some other kids, kids in goth makeup with black lipstick, hippies and hemp chokers and corduroy overalls, and some of them, guys wearing skirts. This school sits on Broadway, the main and storied street leading into downtown Nashville from the west part of town. Just a few blocks east towards the river are neon honky-tonks and tourists buying cowboy hats. I mean, it's pretty much the same now. Anyway, this was the mid-90s, and these kids got some looks from passing cars. But one brave guy leaned out of the window of his pickup truck and made some derogatory comments towards her friends. Beth, ever fearless, walked to the edge of the sidewalk in fishnet leggings with ripped denim shorts over them and screamed, What's your fucking problem, man? It's the 90s. And gave him the bird. It was perfect. It could have been a scene from Reality Bites or Suburbia. Later, I had the privilege of actually getting to know Beth when I dated into her friend group, and that sense of awe never went away. Beth has all of these great stories and knows everyone and lives in a way that is larger than the way anyone else lives. She's loud and opinionated. She does burlesque, and she demands attention. She acts like she owns the place and makes you feel the same way when you're with her. She's the kind of person you want on your side. And she feels all of her feels in a very public way. Beth is brutally open about the struggles with her family. A less than ideal childhood, an emotionally abusive father, self-image and esteem issues. But her face lights up when she talks about her grandmother, Gigi, the classy and sassy woman draped in jewels and shooting at turtles from her back porch. I know, I don't love the shooting turtles part either. Being that I myself often try to let other people know who I am or who I think I am by relating anecdotes about relatives that I feel will somehow fill in the holes for where I lack, I was so curious to learn about who this woman was, why Beth loved her so, and about the things she left behind. Today, we're talking to Nashville-based burlesque performer B.B. McQueen, but I and those who love her know her as Beth. My name is Rebecca Delius, and this is Memento Story. Hi, Beth. Hi. How are you? I'm great, Becky. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. So I'm really glad that you agreed to come on and do this. And as I said in my email, donate your body to science. (laughs) This is my first episode and my first time doing this. And I'm not a professional, so... (laughs) So thank you for allowing me to get up all up in your history and ask you some questions. Well, um, I'm honored that you would ask, but yeah. I mean, you couldn't, I don't think you could have picked a better person. I love to talk about myself. So <laughs> <laughs> that well, most people do it. So I'm banking on, right? Totally. <laughs> so you have brought in something today that is really impressive. And I would like for you to tell me what it is and kind of describe it to me. It is, just from like a simple explanation, it is a rather large portrait of my grandmother on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. To be more detailed, it is a 36 by 24 gilded frame portrait of a rather Greek looking little old lady. I mean, she's not a little old lady yet Mm -hmm. in this picture, but this is my grandmother with her old nose, (laughs) her original out of the box nose. Okay. 
Yeah. Her God-given nose. Her God-given nose. Okay. And so and so it's a picture of your grandmother. How old is she in this in this painting? She's probably in her 40s. I don't actually know what her age would be in this picture. And it would pin around again the nose job cuz like soon after this portrait was done, there was mm-hmm. a car accident and then she got to get her nose fixed. Okay. So she's maybe in her 40s. She doesn't look very old though. No, no, no. No no gray hair, but she's got a nice a small 60s bouffant. Not mm-hmm. nothing too nothing too outlandish. We're not talking about She's no hair hopper. She's not a hair hopper. There's, yeah. there's no rat in it, okay? <laughs> She's wearing like a beige cream colored tank strap dress with one of the straps is kind of hanging a little bit off of yeah, her shoulder. Yeah, kind of like maybe a boat neck off the shoulder, yeah. sleeveless. Yeah, it's got some lace applique around yeah. the neck and then like a very fancy bracelet, hands clasped in her lap and then... She's sitting in a chair that I wish I still had. She, these were some chairs that were around her house, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and it looks like she has earrings. Like maybe those are clip-on. More than likely, pierce, yeah. more than likely clip-on. And uh, they do match the bracelet exactly. Yeah. She was very into matching sets. I can see that. So do you know what the occasion was that she sat for this? You know, I don't. I know that everyone in the family had kind of a portrait done. I have one of my mother that's of the same era and in the same similar frame, Mm -hmm. but it's very obviously like her senior picture. You know, she's got the drape and like cool 70s butt cut hair, but I assume that this was just to fill a spot in the wall. My grandmother was fairly vain. Oh, fairly. Why would I say fairly? (laughs) That is unfair to her. She was particularly vain, but in ways that were at least I find endearing. I mean, who else has like a giant gilded framed right. portrait of themselves hanging right. in their house? Yeah. And the frame is rather large and gold and has sort of this ornate design around it on the very edge. It's kind of floral it, script almost. It's definitely gallery quality. It is absolutely <laughs> gallery quality. When you look at this, she was much younger here than probably the, the grandmother that you knew. But do you see your grandmother in this painting? Yes. Even or this picture. It, I guess it's not a painting. It's an actual. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things that's done up to look like a painting. But it's, but it is, but it's okay. from a, like a photograph. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Even though the nose is different <laughs> mm-hmm. and her hair was different, you know, one by the time that I was born, this is a very much like an embodiment of how I f- think of her. It was like just, you know, fancy because mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was a fancy lady. She looks like a fancy lady. She didn't come from fancy stuff, but she was very fancy. And that's what I, I think. I think that's why she sticks with me so much is because I also did not come from fancy stuff, but I like to be fancy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you get this? Who gave this to you? Well, that is a wild story. So in 2014, when my grandmother finally passed on, she was born in 24 and then died in 14. Mm-hmm. So just oldish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she had been unwell for some time, kind of, you know, slowly losing her cognition and stuff like that. And, um, my uncle had moved in to take care of her. He had been in and out of her house, you know, most of my life. He was kind of a strange guy. He was a primatologist. He knew more about... Is that about... Is that when he studies monkeys? Yeah. Okay. Like monkeys wow. and apes and gorillas. And Whoa. I know that there's a difference, but, but he knew all of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also was like terribly awkward and like not someone that could like 
keep a job like he was always fighting with management and like stuff like, like every job he ever had he got fired like, from because he couldn't get along with it right like too smart for his own good like kind of one of those 100 yeah. too smart for his own good yeah so he had moved back in to take care of my grandmother and eventually my grandmother passes on and when she died we didn't find out for like five days like she died on like a monday and he didn't bother to contact us and let us know until like friday mm-hmm. and by then he had already had her cremated Oh, wow. And so we assume that he just kind of like, you know, Xanaxed her on out of life. But when we found out that she had died, of course, everybody's like, the thing that happens when an old person dies, what's going to happen with the house? Where does all their stuff go? Yeah. Like everybody like kind of starts not fighting, but kind of clamoring <laughs> for their slice or, of stuff. Or fighting. <laughs> right. Well, it turns into fighting because my uncle pretty much had us banned from the property by the sheriff's department and sold all of her belongings. Oh, wow. And this was like a two-story, three-bedroom, gorgeous, mid-century modern split-level house with big giant windows. And she was a- an impeccable decorator. Like yeah. She had... All this down furniture and like Chinese tea tables with like the mother of pearl inlay and stuff. And I just had all this great stuff. So he sold all of her stuff and kept the money and skipped town. And by the time we found out that all of that had happened, it was already done, Mm -hmm. basically. Wow. So about, I don't know, two, three days after we found out that he had taken the money and skipped town, we gained access to the property and went And when we found out what he had done, my mom called him and was like, what about this thing? What about this thing? He's like, it's all sold. It's all gone. It's Mm -hmm. all gone. You know, for a long time, I had been asking for this picture, even before she died. Like, I wanted this picture because Mm -hmm. it's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it. And I love portraits of ladies. So, like, it's just a thing I like. So, I really wanted it. And my mom asked my uncle what happened to the portrait of Gigi from the back bedroom. And he told my mom that he had cut her picture out of it and sold the frame in the sale. And so we go out to the house that day, me not expecting to find it, me not expecting to find anything. Mm -hmm. We're expecting to find that everything is out of the house and everything has sold. And we get there and there are a few random kitchen items and like some art knickknacks that didn't sell and some things. And then there was a big stack of portraits and this was in it. And when I found it, I just like completely lost it just because I, I was expecting that it was just gone, like forever. It was just gone to history. Like right. I, was, I assumed that the only thing that I had was photographs of it. And uh, nope, there it was. And so after I finished freaking out, I, you know, put it in the car and it has gone everywhere with me since. I mean, not everywhere. I don't like take it grocery shopping. But like <laughs> it hangs in a place of prominence in every sure. domicile that I inhabit. So, yeah. And you said that was 2014? Yeah, that was 2014. 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to go back to talking about your grandmother, since that's who this, you know, uh-huh. is, is about, you know, what was your relationship with her like? Were you were you close? Yeah, I would say we were close up until uh, the last like, hmm, th- and this, you know, pains me to admit, but the last like, I don't know, three or four years of her life, because she, she stopped being someone that it was easy to be around. Mm. Did she get sick? She didn't get sick. She just kind of started losing her marbles a little bit. Um, (laughs) So my grandfather was her second husband. And he committed suicide when I was five. So a couple of years after that, a man started coming around that we knew as Uncle Joe. 
And Uncle Joe was Gigi's boyfriend. And eventually he moved to her house and, you know, he was involved in my life very heavily up until when he died, Mm -hmm. which would have been like probably 2010. Mm -hmm. He came to graduations and stuff like he's in family portraits, you know, like he used to get out his accordion and play music on Christmas. Like he was just there. He was our grandfather for all intents and purposes, even though we called him Uncle Joe. And then after he died... All that Gigi wanted to talk about was Uncle Joe. Like mm-hmm. everything, everything looped back around to that. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't go five minutes on a, on a conversation without bringing him back into it. And it was, it was painful. It was uncomfortable. And I was not in a good place in my life at the time, you know, drinking a lot. And this is not, you know, doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself so that you can be you know, in your family's lives. Right. Or have the patience for something like that. Right. Yeah. I just, a lot of patience. I just, I didn't have the patience or the hindsight that I have now that, you know, if I, if I could go back, obviously I would have spent a lot more time with her, but so we were close up until probably about 2010. Did she smell like anything in particular? Um, She wore Bal de Versailles, Mm. which is a very strong smelling old lady smell, but (laughs) That was the perfume that she wore, but also her house smelled like someone who had used downy fabric softener for like 40 years. There was this like oh, yeah. kind of undercurrent smell like of baby down- powder almost. Kind of, but it's more yeah. like detergenty, but it yeah. was just like there under the surface mm. in like every single thing. And like I still, that dress that I brought for you, like. Yeah. It might still smell like it. Beth brought me a really incredible, like, vintage, like, Mexican peasant dress that, yeah. that's hanging in it was what well. she, It was what she was going to wear when she was going to marry Uncle Joe, but they never finally got married, and then he died. And it just seems gross to let something that beautiful, like, really beautiful. turn yellow in my closet and not, like... <laughs> let any joy come out of it so your, i was your like grandmother had a much smaller waist than i do so we'll, we'll see about we'll no. see about that but it's yeah, stretchy it's, it's stretchy <laughs> in the waist but yeah no it's like you know you're the absolute perfect person to like throw that on and have a good time where is she from she was born in minnesota and my mom says it was either brainerd or something hill but we'll go with brainerd but yeah minnesota <laughs> minnesota in 1924 this painting, if I were to see this in someone's home and imagining the kind of home that this hung in, you know, I would think that this was a person who come from a lot of money and had a lot of resources and, and, and old money, especially, you know. And, and so how was she able to sort of cultivate this, if not life, this image for herself? She married a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so that's something that she married into wasn't yes her her, so after leaving minnesota she graduated she graduated from high school and left minnesota with her first husband and they moved to california with the army and then they ended up i think in memphis or knoxville something like that and my grandmother was unhappy so she divorced that man and then she got a job working at the switchboard at the ut medical school and my grandfather was in dental school out there. So they met while she was working on campus. And then he eventually opened a a dental practice in Gainesboro, Tennessee. Hmm. But she very much cultivated that life for herself. Like there's a flavor from back in the day, the MRS, you Mm -hmm. know, they, they, she's like, I'm going to marry a doctor. I'm going to have this life. And, you know, she was supportive of him and and helped him to become successful. And after he was a dentist, he he went to anesthesiology school and became an anesthesiologist and was the only anesthesiologist at Jesse Holman Jones Hospital in Springfield for a Brazilian year. So yeah, Yeah. 
no, she just married. She's like, I don't want to be poor ever yeah. again. And so she married on up. Who does, man? I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do not care for it. But unfortunately, <laughs> my taste for poverty is like, there's like a thin line between like putting up with shit and like poverty. I'm like, mm, right. which one do I? I'll be poor. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like my mom always had a saying that if you marry for money, you earn every penny, <laughs> you know? So. What did she sound like then? Did she sound like she was from Minnesota or did she sound she she, was... d- she sounded like she was from Minnesota, but settled in the South. Uh-huh. You know, she had some yeah. very like she wasn't a don't you know, but like there were <laughs> there were occasions when stuff like that would come out. And it was especially when she was a drinker. She liked to drink. Yeah. That whole side of the family drinkers. Yeah. Both of my mom's parents like to drink what was her drink of choice um so there was a lot of martinis um i know she went through phases I, the first drink that i ever pilfered from her was a strawberry daiquiri but that was on like a vacation so <laughs> but at home she would drink martinis she liked a dry martini and she wasn't so much into olives she would do cocktail onions or sometimes a tiny little pickled okra because she had a oh, garden and would pickle her own okra so she was like this super fancy lady but also she had a garden and could do things and rode yeah, the tractor and, uh, and shot at turtles right shot at turtles in the pond yeah she she had a shotgun that she would you know target practice at the turtles in the pond <laughs> because they were eating her fish right yeah was she uh was she a kind person no <laughs> no no not to i mean no to, it's okay to right? your face <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah. she was um you know i want to i Regina George style, you know, like that's, oh my God, where did you get that skirt? It's so cute. And then like, oh my God, that was the fugliest skirt I've ever seen. Like, you know, she was, she was nice if it served her. (laughs) She wasn't a mean person, but she had a, you know, a wicked sense of humor and she was pretty focused on herself. So kindness is not a, she was nice. She was Mm -hmm. friendly, but I don't, I don't think kind is a word that I would use to describe her. Where does this hang in your home now? It hangs in my craft room slash guest room slash room where my mini fridge is. Okay. So I stopped hanging it in the bedroom. It used to hang in the bedroom, but you kind of don't want like a portrait of your grandmother (laughs) looking at you if you're trying to be intimate with a partner of right. some kind so I took her out of the bedroom so she hangs in the extra bedroom <laughs> well you know you know you've been to my house and so you know I have my my portrait of my great uncle Joe mm-hmm. which, which is with me always and when we were living in New York the only kind of place that made sense to have it in our apartment was there was like a fireplace in our bedroom and it didn't work, of course, but it was just the man, you know, the mantle in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And it, Uncle Joe was right on the wall, like, f- like facing always just like, just <laughs> like front row to the bed, you know, and Michael's like, is there really nowhere else that we can put Uncle Joe? And I'm like, he just does, it doesn't fit anywhere else. I'm so sorry, you know, but so I get that. I understand that. Yeah. The, the old dead relatives watching the <laughs> screw is just like, you know. <laughs> It doesn't bother me, but, you sure. know. Sure, she's been watching it for years. Yeah, I know. hang out with sensitive dudes. What did I say? <laughs> That's not true at all, actually. So, but, yeah. So how often do you see it? Do you see it every day? Yeah, I see it every day. I find occasion to go into that room. What's your favorite part of this? I mean, when you look at this, like, is it, like, her dress slightly being off her shoulder? Actually, yes, you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, it, because it reminds me of that um, William Singer Sargent portrait, uh, Madame X. I don't know that. Yeah, there's a really famous portrait. I don't know if you want to gurg- yeah. gurgle it while yeah, we're talking, yeah, let's but do it. Um, 
so he painted the portrait and in the original version the strap of her dress is like mm. all the way off her shoulder at the time when it was painted it was such an escandalo that that her strap was hanging off her shoulder that he repainted it and put the strap up on you her shoulder you can kind of tell that it's been cuz it's a little not it's not natural like that yeah. strap with uh-uh. no it looks like it's been like up there yeah 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 because when you look at this painting i mean she's so well put together i Mm -hmm. mean you can tell that every single like there's not a hair on her head that's out of place Mm -hmm. for that to be slightly askew it's almost like she was sitting and her posture shifted just slight enough for it to fall Uh and then they took the picture kind Mm -hmm. of thing you know, because we all have these like facades that we put on and mm-hmm. we and we're always like presenting this image of ourselves that we think. But then sometimes the truth of who we are kind of like peeks through mm-hmm. in these unexpected moments. And mm-hmm. so you're like, she wanted to be this person. And then and then she let her guard down for a second. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, she very much presented herself as like a very poised and meticulous person. But like her being my grandmother, I got to see her in some of her less than put together moments, you know, like Christmases, my family would always get just delightfully drunk. Just, I mean, just crawling around in the floor pretending to be a monkey drunk. And I'm not joking. Like there's a video of us all crawling around on the floor pretending to be monkeys because my uncle, the same uncle who grifted everyone, uh, he (laughs) used to make these legendary margaritas anytime the whole family would get together. And about the ninth time you heard that blender (laughs) fire up, it was, (laughs) you could tell it was a good old fashioned family Christmas, you know? And, um, you know, I've seen her be unpoised, but I would imagine that most people have not seen yeah. her be unpoised. Yeah. Is looking at this, is this comforting to you or is it, is it difficult? It's comforting. It's comforting. I mean, like she's a magical figure to me. Yeah. And the reason she's magical is because my mom literally like the grossest way I can think of to put it. My mom came out of her and my mom, <laughs> yeah. my mom. It's all babies are born. It's us. true. It's just, I looked into it. <laughs> I Googled it and that's what I found out. But no, like my mom is the most magical person on the planet. So having this wonderful portrait of literally the person that my fantastic mother came out of, very comforting to me. Mm. Very comforting to me. So you got this under some strange circumstances, Mm -hmm. not the way that most people get inherited items, Mm -hmm. right? You Mm -hmm. know, when you went to your grandmother's house that day and you found this, did your mom or your sister take anything? Oh, yeah. We all have stuff. And she was good about giving stuff away, but even before she died, you know, like the last, I don't know, 20 some odd years she was around, like every time I would leave her house, it would be with a backseat full of vintage clothes because she had epic closets. Like she had an outfit for every occasion and she had a purse to go with every outfit and she had all of these shoes and I outgrew her shoes in fourth grade, but... (laughs) They all took stuff that day. They, I mean, we all use kitchen utensils that came out of her kitchen. Yeah. Like I have a bowl that I make salads and cookie dough and things in. And it is the same bowl that I used to steal the radishes out of the salad. <laughs> like when she would cook and put me up on the counter and I would just steal all the radishes out of the salad before it ever made it to the counter. And I have that bowl. So like we all took things that day. What part of you comes from her? <sighs> the part that likes to shop. <laughs> The part that likes shoes, the part that can, despite my best intentions, redirect any conversation back to the topic of me, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, which is something that she was, whew, 
She's a champion at it. Yeah, mostly like, you know, things that I would consider to be like my more frou-frou attributes, I think, come from her. But also my tendency to not take shit from people, I think, comes from her. Because my mom is like a little more, I don't know, meek is not the word, but I think she would readily admit that she put up with a lot. But Mm -hmm. Gigi just kind of really didn't put up with a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that that maybe comes from her. My tendency to over-decorate definitely comes from her. She was a maximalist. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Such a maximalist. (laughs) But, like, a tasteful maximalist. Yeah, I mean, looking at her, you wouldn't necessarily tell that, you know? Oh, no. She seems very restrained, like a very restrained decorator. I feel like the house probably started out restrained. But then, like, as she got older and, like, started to just collect more items, you know? Like, I I have a feeling her restrained kind of went away with that. But... I mean, she had downstairs in the parlor downstairs outside of her bedroom that no one, like literally no one the whole time that I was in and out of that house, I never saw anyone hang out in that room. Mm -hmm. But she had a Christmas tree that she put up in that room every year. (laughs) There was like a tufted yellow silk sofa and a low coffee table with a a table lighter. Like, oh my God, table lighters. Remember those? And then like a wall with glass (laughs) shelving and all of these like porcelain and gold circus figurines she loved a collection of things like she loved to collect stuff so like all her christmas trees were all like curated like this is the stuff that goes on this tree you know like she loved a little collection of things did she sort of hold your family together was she the matriarch or was it yes 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 definitely i mean that's you know that's where we did Christmases mm-hmm. and birthdays and yeah. Mother's Day and all of that stuff. We go to Thanksgivings in Gainsborough at my mom's dad's mom's house. Yeah. But everything else was always, you know, at their house. So, yes, she was definitely a matriarch of the most English sense. <laughs> Just in figurehead only. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she wasn't our emotional anchor at all whatsoever. But she was oftentimes a financial anchor. And she was fairly supportive of our endeavors as long as you didn't gain too much weight. Um, <laughs> wow. She was like the kind of lady that would be like, well, I'd take you shopping and get you some new clothes if you'd lose 15 oh pounds. You know, just like one of those. Yeah. yeah. One of those. One of those. <laughs> one of those. Do you miss her? Yeah. I miss, yeah. Mostly I miss going to her house and playing with her th- stuff like because it was why what did that mean to you to do that it was all so fancy it was like going to a museum but the museum wasn't about natural history it was about your grandma it was like a history of natural grandma you know she bought the greatest presents you know we always had fantastic birthdays and christmases with her she was the kind of lady that would sit you down with like a catalog and give you a red pin and tell you to circle what you want and then on christmas or birthday like maybe one thing out of every catalog would show up, you know, she yeah. was, she was magical in that way. So yeah, definitely, definitely miss those things about her. Things I don't miss about her. She had a tendency to make my mom a little nuts, but I think that's like, as mothers do, as mothers, daughters. as mothers do their daughters, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And it's, and as much as I love my mother and as magical of a unicorn as she is, there are moments where I'm exasperated with her, you know what I mean? But she was very sensitive to things my grandmother did. As they both got older, my mom became, I think, more sensitive. Yeah. As she started to gain an understanding of why 
Gigi would act the way that she did. I think it became harder for her to stomach it. How did she get that? Is that a nickname? Gigi? Gigi? Yeah. yeah it was what she chose. <laughs> That's what she chose. She wasn't going to be a Nana or a Grammy or, or a, a Granny. Gram- yeah, no. She, right. She doesn't she, look like a Granny. For she sure. would. Yeah. She was not having any of that. So yeah. Gigi was what she chose. And then my my dad's mom is, is Mimi. Is this your, like, the house is on fire. I can grab one thing. Is this the one thing that you grab? Uh, <laughs> I... I am the person that dies on the stairs in the fire <laughs> because I'm trying to take all of the things right. down the stairs. But yes. well, you have your dog who's very heavy and yes. then you have... This right. would be in this, like, the first or second armload of yeah. things that I try to usher out of the house. Why did you pick this for today? Of, uh, of all the things I think you probably <laughs> might have, why did you pick this? I picked this because one, I love it. Two, I knew you would love it. <laughs> Because I, know, I do love it. I do know you fairly well. I do love it. We have been friends for a good long time. Yeah. And I do know that you love fancy old ladies. I do love fancy old ladies. And that someday you will be a fancy old lady. I can only hope. You are going to be <laughs> a very fancy old lady. And so I knew I knew that this object would speak both to you and to me. Yeah, I do think it's really beautiful. And I also think that you and I shared when you're talking about that you loved you miss going to her home because that felt like a normal not just normal and sort of safe and but like beautiful and intact Mm -hmm. and and like intact being sort of the important word there Mm -hmm. because I think both you and I come from somewhat of dysfunctional family situations with like right and I think that like the memories that we have are the things that we're drawn to are the times when we felt like everything was in order and Mm -hmm. things were quote-unquote normal and that we belonged to a unit or we belonged to a tribe or we belonged Mm -hmm. to a family and I think that I understand why you know and and I think things like this like these paintings you know like I have my Uncle Joe and I have other pictures of my family and like we keep these things to sort of prove in some in some ways you know we're like look I'm not white trash oh my god (laughs) you know totally totally. oh my god totally you know what I mean absolutely you're you're like you're like I'm not but I'm, I'm not like yeah. You know, I may I may have, you know, 50 bucks in my bank account right now. But look, like, but like somebody in my family had their shit together. Someone was fancy at some yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. 100 percent. And then but also back to something you said something about that sense of belonging. And I, I do want to point out that that was something even though she wasn't a matriarch in that, like, she was not super supportive and she could say some really backhanded stuff and, you know, complicated relationships you always knew that you were hers Mm -hmm. like there was never any sense that she would take her love away from you you know what i mean like my dad is like i mean i haven't talked to him since 2007 and he's still alive and like doing fine and like has a lot of money and could be a great resource for me sometimes but like he's so toxic everything is so transactional with him, including like his love of you and like his, the way he treats you, you know what I mean? And Gigi would always treat you, or at least me, like her little duck. That's what she called me was her little duck. And I think that that comes from the fact that like, you know, her mother died when she was 11 years old. She basically raised her four brothers and sister. Her father was Greek and was very old country. Mm -hmm. Um, her mom was French Canadian, and so like a lot of old world tendency stuff there, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, and that makes sense. Like, if she felt like, I mean, and, and at this time, the reality was that for a woman to 
sort of get ahead and to get financial security for herself. I mean, she could go to college, but really the more safe bet would be to find a man who mm-hmm. was going to be able to support her and her children and, mm-hmm. and create some sort of life for her. So and some belonging. And, that, and some belonging. And that yeah. is very old world, but that is also the way that our society operated until very recently, but in some ways the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, same, but different. Yeah, same, but, but different. Same. But same. You know, one of the questions that I want to ask is, what do you want to happen to this when you die? Well, I am not going to have children, so... Absolutely not. That's like, not on the no, table. No, it's absolutely not happening. Okay. If I became somehow the way more financially stable than I am right now in the next five years, I could adopt, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'm going to be... <clears throat> I'm going to be 40 in a week. <laughs> <laughs> a week from tomorrow, yeah. I will be <clears throat> 40. Right. So I'm not going to have kids. So, I mean, I guess I would want it to go to my sister, but I mean, I don't imagine that she's going to live much longer than me. So what I would hope would happen, since I'm not really like leaving behind any like legacy of any kind, I would hope that... You, well, it, you have a lot of time left, Beth, you know, come on, yeah. you're turning 40, but you know, it, a legacy, that's like this, that's like the culmination of an entire life. So don't, so don't sell yourself short on that. I hope yet. that it ends up in the Burlesque Hall of Fame in the exhibit about me that eventually happens. That would be my like wildest dream. Okay. But my non-wildest dream, like my practical dream would be that like eventually my stuff just gets sold in an estate sale like hers did and that someone who loves portraits of old ladies that they don't know will be like this will be great for my wall of portraits of ladies that I don't know yeah I mean so would that be you know imagine that you pass you know there's there's not somebody there blood relation right to take it and it gets sold or it gets given to an antique store whatever but it ends up in the home of somebody who who loves it and who looks at it and thinks about this beautiful woman and this dress and they notice mm-hmm. that her strap is falling down on her shoulder and is is that good enough for you? Yeah, I think it is good enough for me. But I also now that you bring that up, I might like write some information on a note card and tape it to the back so I think that that's like, a wonderful idea. So that like wh- no matter where it ends up, whoever ends up with it knows, you know, who she was and why I loved it. Is there anything else that you want anybody to know about your Gigi? <laughs> she was a hoot and a half, the great rack, and was the life of the party after about three cocktails and was a terror after about five cocktails. <laughs> so like you? Yes, but I quit drinking. <laughs> I'm kidding. What do you think she would want you to tell people about her? That she was very fancy. <laughs> um, that she was fancy and, and that she loved her grandchildren fiercely because she absolutely did love us fiercely, even though she could be a little critical sometimes. And she would want everyone to know how good her shrimp curry is, probably. And her Roquefort dressing. Because she was it. also like a fantastic cook, like gourmet, fancy, Julia Child style cook. Yeah. Yeah. So she would want people to know that, probably. Well, I think it's beautiful, and I think that she is beautiful in it. And thank you. I really appreciate you sharing it with me. Thanks. Because 
We appreciate is, you asking. Yeah, this is a really special thing. And I do hope that you actually take a note card and write down some things about her to slip in the back. Because if I bought something like this at an estate sale or an antique store and I and I happened upon that, I would lose my shit. You'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, could tell people her name and stuff. And I think that's right what you said. You know, you want to you want people to know, like, why you loved her and why you loved this and what treasure they had. Thank you for listening. Thanks to my guest, B.B. McQueen, a.k.a. Punk Rock Beth. Thanks to Ryan Briegel for our show's original score. And of course, to our engineer slash producer slash we own this town daddy, Michael Eads. This has been Memento Story. Please join us again in two weeks. <laughs>